Welcome to another episode of Milk the Clock Podcast on Busted Coverage. Paul, he he joins me for a Thanksgiving week podcast. I know you're busy, but... Pass, we, uh, pa- pass the cranberry sauce. Hate the cranberry sauce. Can't stand it. Is that your go-to? Does anyone like it? That's my go-to. Does anyone like it? I'm sure there's weirdos out there just like you that enjoy it. Uh, not me. Give me the mashed potatoes. Give me all that gravy. Just slurp that. Slurp it up. Slurp it down. Dump it out and slurp it up. Just dump it out on the plate and let me get in it. Uh, One weird thing yeah, about my cranberry sauce, the way I like it. I like it when it's like straight out of the can, poured onto like a tiny plate, and it's just left in the can shape. Really? It tastes better. How do you eat? You, you, yeah. you dig into it with a fork or you spoon? How do you go about it? You cut it? Did you just ask me to spoon? <laughs> well, okay. Just because it's the holidays. Just the sauce. Give me the sauce. Give me the, give me the oh, down low on the sauce method you have. I like to slice it. I like to have a little slice. But then what do you do with the slice? You just eat it with a fork or what do you do? Like I tenderly – yeah, well, I tenderly apply a portion to each bite. So like I'll go in for like some turkey, maybe some ham, maybe some mac and cheese. just depends on the spread. And then when my fork's loaded, I get a little dip on there. You know what I'm saying? I don't because I don't eat the cranberry. But I see what you're saying. I can visualize it. Um, it's a lifestyle thing. So you're you're set – it's it's you know what everybody took off they're off they took off at like lunch and now they're not going to work tomorrow they're done today they're not going to work tomorrow uh right. the rest of the week the sports world is just shut down nobody does anything this is the time to shine you're a big 10 guy you know how big this week is Huge. ohio state michigan and yet everybody's shut down i don't know what the hell they're thinking because it's two versus three so I'll tell you what I did. Mm-hmm. I went out and I contacted my old buddy, Kirk Barton. You're, you're not familiar with Kirk Barton, but he's one of the – he is an Ohio State guy who can forever run his mouth to Michigan fans. Forever. Perfect. Perfect. 2007, All-American, first-teamer, which is a, a huge deal for a guy, right? That's Absolutely. Uh, you walk deal. into a job interview and you say right away, I'm an All-American, first-teamer, and you get hired. So, Boom, on the spot. On the spot. Here's the, here's the kicker. Never lost to Michigan. 4-0 and oh, wow. in his career against the Wolverines. So, Who is his coach? The coach. The vest. Jim Trussell. Jim Trussell. Oh, JT. So that was uh, Jim. Tre- he's a Jim Trestle guy. So we'll uh, we'll wait on his phone call. He's coming up. I don't know what he said he was going to call me, but uh, you know how that goes. Uh, I know how that goes. I hear that from girls all the time. Great era for Ohio State was the Jim Trestle era. It's been somewhat shrouded in hindsight, but I I love Trestle. I love that time for the program, and it's interesting that we're going to speak to a, a former. Trestle guy on a day when Notre Dame gets uh, stripped of some wins, right, Joe? Uh, looking back now on the whole, the way the Trestle thing ended, if that was to end, if that was to happen now, where a tattoo takes down a school or whatever, and you know they say Trestle lied, all this stuff, whatever. Nowadays, does anybody really care if somebody trades a, a jersey for a tattoo? I mean, come on, right. come on. It's not it's, right. it's not institutional 
uh, out of control. It, it's a jersey for the, these guys play in the jersey. Hell, I own Cam Newton's pants. You know that. You he do. I've touched them. He can't even own his own pants. No, no. So, so well, it goes back. You know, Jim Trestle. If that was to happen now, uh, it there would be none of the uproar that there was what four years ago, five years ago. But it all, I had this conversation yesterday. It's so Cleveland that Terrell Pryor is the leading wide receiver for them. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, that you think about. Uh, you think about Terrell Pryor's history in Ohio. It's incredible. He's supposed <laughs> to save the Buckeyes. Supposed to be the next coming five star. Yep. But uh, then save the Raiders. Save the Raiders. I, I was at the game where his psyche got destroyed against the Chiefs, and he never played quarterback for them again. If I remember correctly, he started off real good, right? Remember he had like an 85-yard touchdown run against the Steelers, and before every Raiders game for about four weeks, they're doing an in-depth interview with TP. I do. I I sort of remember that. What are we are we talking about? Three years ago, he get was still the, a quarterback. Get out the Google. Yeah, I mean this was the last time people cared about the Raiders. Right. It was like the first four or five games of what year would that have been? Probably three years ago. Eleven, twelve. I'm guessing. Well. Well, yeah, probably four years ago. Right, you're getting old. You're losing track we're, of time. And, it all uh, blends together, Joe. It does. Um, so anyway, uh, Kirk Barton. He here's another thing about Kirk Barton that I gotta hear about is he's one of the only Ohio State guys who will just straight out talk shit to everybody on uh, on on social media. It's very rare that you'll see a guy who will just talk. But when you're 4-0 against Michigan, played in two national championships, right? that's what happens. Hey, Kirk, uh, we were just talking about how you are this guy who can just talk shit on social media because you had this (laughs) 4-0 record in your back pocket. I'll just start off with that. How does it feel to just uh, to just be able to walk into a bar and just say, "Hey, suck it. I'm four and You know, honestly, it's it's one of those things where you know, say I had I was lucky I got two as a coach as a GA, so it's like I got six pairs of gold pants, and it's you know, but the, the ones that mean the most are the ones that actually start and play. Right. You know, it's like I didn't. You know, a lot of people they show off how many gold pants they have, but they were sitting on the bench or they're uh, you know coach or you know it's like we either playing and earning it and playing well i mean that's the most important thing you play well and it's like i always played well against those guys it you know it's something that you know you kind of can't help but be proud of especially you know the it was hard when you're a kid that grew, grew up in the 90s in ohio and there's so many like you know i felt like you'd go to like uh any store at the mall like any sporting goods so they'd always have like michigan stuff and carolina stuff and you're kind of the front runner type of stuff and it's just like you know there'd be so many people that were like michigan fans in ohio because they were good you know it's just like all of a sudden there's like kids in in columbus ohio that are seattle seahawks fans and i'm like oh my god you know it's, it's kind of like the same thing that is you know the, the people like the swag and i think it was coming off of the the fab five and you know they kind of had that swagger even though they cheated their asses off to, to have that swagger and it all got erased you know right. it's just kind of like one of those things where 
you know, growing up in the '90s, you used to talk because they said, "Like, yeah, it's so easy to reach Michigan because they they crushed us in the '90s." You know, no matter how good we were, they were always a little bit better. It felt like, and right. you know, to kind of turn the tide on that, and you know, even like when I committed to Ohio State, you know, I mean, we you know we were going you were to play the Hurricanes, we won that national championship, but you know, my freshman year we still we lost. That was the year I redshirted and I didn't play, so I don't. You know, I mean, that counts. But, like, I was sitting in Columbus, Ohio, in my dorm room watching the game. And, you know, so I didn't travel. So that's, you know, my next year when I was a retro freshman, I started. And that's kind of like when it, it matters. Because if you're not on, if you're even on the travel squad, it feels like you're not even on the team. You know, you're just kind of, everyone's like, well, aren't you at the game? And I don't know. It's just a thing where I was, I was, I was just proud that we were able to turn the tide, especially in my freshman year, because we were like, we were like 10 point dogs at home. You know, because in 04, we sucked. I mean, we were, six and four going into that game and you know we lost to northwestern and purdue and right four, stunk, yeah four know? losses yeah and, and so and you know and, and michigan was getting ready to go to the rose bowl um you know and they were good i mean they had a they had a really good team that year and they had a lot of talent but we came out and troy was just fantastic like you know troy and santonio and anthony gonzalez had that long early bomb you know that, that made a difference and you know, it was, just, it, was, it was huge. It kind of started a, a little bit of a turn of the tide, and uh, we were able to capitalize in, in, in the following years. Let me ask you this. Did Michigan recruit you? You know, I, I went up there um, because Andy Moeller's an Ohio guy and, and their O-line, um, his O-line coach, and he was, he was a good dude. Like, I really liked him. Um, you know, they recruited me. Like, they, they send me mailers and the game invites and, and that kind of stuff, but I – yeah, I, I I considered them um, just because Ohio State was kind of slow to go on me, and, and so was Michigan. So, you know, when you're when you're in that situation where you have a bunch of B listers offering you scholarships, but you don't have an A lister, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I I considered Michigan a little bit, but I just I, I really don't want to go there because it was it was it was further away. I mean, Ohio State was the only school I really wanted to go to, um, just given my circumstances with my you know my mom's a single parent and. It's just easier to get down to Columbus from Canton than it is to get up to Ann Arbor. Um, so you know they recruited me, but I I, I never liked them. That was just like the, the thing. It's kind of like one of the things where it's not genuine when you, you know, if you're an Ohio kid that goes there, I don't know what you're doing unless you want to live in Michigan for the rest of your life. Did Michigan, knowing that you're, I'm an Ohio guy, so I know, you know, I grew up with all this. I know that there are dirt bags with all their uh, methodologies about doing things. Did they send in? Did they send in the A-list girls to uh, to where you were staying when you went on your recruiting visit? Did they try any of that well, stuff? I, I, you know, I, I never visited Michigan. Okay. I, I went up there for camp. I camped there for like five days because right. back then they they didn't just have all one day camps. I went up there as a high school kid, and we did like a we had a, a camp for. I think I stayed for like three to five days, and I had to go to Ohio State's camp. They kind of ran into each other, but um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I never visited Michigan per se. Right, really, good. my only official visit was Ohio State. All right, I perfect. I didn't. I hated recruiting, and I couldn't wait for it to be over with. And I just wanted to go to one school. And I'm not. That's why when these kids are real dramatic and they like to take five visits, I think it's a complete joke. But that's just my thing. <laughs> Okay. How do you feel? How yeah, do you, go ahead, here's Paul. a question I have for you. This is I gotta get this out there. Michigan man, the whole Michigan man. What do you think about that whole the brand of the Michigan man? I always think of Jay Feely and how smug he says it. What was it like in the locker room prior to playing Michigan man on the upcoming Saturday? What were your thoughts on it? You know, I I think that they kind of they they like to lie to themselves. You know, it's like one of those things where. 
you know, it's like like Sean Crable is a classic example because he, you know, when he he's from he's from San school, we're the same age. But you know, we both committed. He went to Michigan, went to Ohio State, and um, from the we're you know from five miles apart. And he said the big reason he picked Michigan was because of academics. And I'm like, well, considering 90 percent of their team is general studies majors, I always think that's hilarious because <laughs> nobody knows what that means as a major. And it's like, you know, it's. I mean, I, I get it. Like, if you go like the Michigan school, you know, their, their business school might be a little higher rated. Or if you're going to go pre med, I don't like. I don't know the statistics. I mean, we're we're very comparable in all the, the high end schools, but most of those guys they, they claim academics and they claim, you know, this is what my degree is going to be. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I got my Ohio State degree, and not only do I have my Ohio State degree and I have an MBA from Ohio State, but I have my Ohio State network because. I don't want to live in Michigan because, you know, people think Ohio is called Michigan a thousand times colder than Ohio is. I mean, the entire state is north of Ohio. And, you know, I, my Ohio state connections have been fantastic. And I love, you know, a Buckeye people. I mean, I'm out, I'm in Hawaii in the middle of the damn ocean and there's Ohio state people out here. You're in Hawaii right now, right? Yeah. I, I thought so. Paul, he's calling us from Hawaii. That's that. Are you going to be there in Hawaii for the game? No, you know, actually, I'm taking my father-in-law to the game because I, I had to cut the trip short by two days. Um, I'm flying to Los Angeles Thursday, and then Friday morning we fly back to Columbus. So I'm going to go to the game with my father-in-law. So you just been but, out? I see the photos. You've been out there soaking up the sun, uh, yeah, living the life, and <laughs> you run into Ohio State people everywhere, right? Yeah, it's, dude, it's awesome. I mean, there's, there's like really nothing like it. You know, and, and there's some, there's actually a couple of Michigan guys out here too. That I've been giving them some jazz, but uh, they've been they've been cool because you know when you've been beaten down for so many years in a row. I mean, they've won one time since you know 2003. It's like you can't really talk much shit when you're, you know, when you're when you're wishing that you could be us. You know, and I I think you know on, on the heels of last on the heels of last year's game, it's like. You know, last year they thought it was going to be their big revival with Harbaugh, and you know, Urban just, you know, I mean, he did the Mortal Kombat finishing move on exactly. him. Exactly. You know, I mean, it was pretty bad. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to tell these <laughs> Michigan men up here in Northwest Ohio. I'm just south. I'm in Perrysburg, and all these yeah. Michigan fans running their mouths about last year, where you know Harbaugh's going to come in, we're going to win, we're going to start running the Big Ten, and then they're leaving at the end of the third quarter. Right. And, yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we got as long as we got Urban, I sleep like a baby every single night forever. I mean, cause that guy, he's just at a different. He, him and Saban are the two elite guys in the sport, and everybody else is just trying to be in their realm. Well, and Kirk, what what is that? Now that you've you know you've spent time in the NFL, you're in the business world. We're all a little older. What makes those guys able to be so successful like that? You know, really, it's it's just they they. They're always, you know, you, when you're when you're in coaching. Cause I did the coaching thing for a few years. Is like you, you kind of have to have like a little bit of a. You can never really be happy or comfortable, or you always got to be kind of pissed off about everything, you know. And I, and I, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's just you know, you look at Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, Urban, Saban, like, you know, I mean, people like almost make fun of them because they're always, they always have that disposition or it's like, it's never, you know, it's never going to, but that's why they're great. It's because they're constantly pushing everything. You know, they're never relaxed. They're always, you know, what's, what can we do? Who can we study to, to get better? You know, who does, you know, who's the best third and medium team in the country? Let's, 
let's watch their film and see what concepts they run. And, you know, I mean, they're just, that's just why they're great. And Urban, I work for the guy. I mean, he's, he's the Steve Jobs of college football. I mean, the guy, innovative, best recruiter in the history of the game. Um, you know, if he, if he would have coached during like Woody Hayes' era when you could take, you know, 150 kids on scholarship, like he wouldn't have mm-hmm. lost the game ever. Like literally, like, I mean, he would have gotten every single kid of any type of quality to come to the school. Like the hardest part now is he only gets 20 to 25 scholarships a year. And I mean, he's got to turn down or figure out how to fit in kids that are four and five star kids that, you know, are nationally ranked kids that want to get in. You know I mean? You gotta, it, it's tough, man. He lives in a, a perilous situation because with Ohio high school coaches that are great people, you know, you want to take a lot of Ohio kids, but if all of a sudden some monster defensive tackle from the South wants to all of a sudden come to Ohio State or, you know, Hassel Garrett from, from Vegas, or, you know, we get all these kids nationally now. It's, it's hard to go on Ohio kids unless they're absolutely exceptional, you know, because you don't want to pull a scholarship back from an Ohio kid because you have to face the repercussions. That's kind of what happened with, I think, Danny Clark. It's, right. You know, we end up getting Tate Martell, who's, maybe the top quarterback in the country. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's a, it's a tough thing to deal with. And he's been, he's been incredible with it. So what you're saying is, is that Michigan is going to pick up some of the leftovers that we, we don't take, right? That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, and it's really not as much the kids that you take. It's the kids that you take that you can develop, you know? And, and the other thing, and that's the thing where urban is really ahead of, the curve is that the way he develops kids, the kids that are like the Eli Apples and the Darren Lees and the kids that, you know, Eli was a, he was a little more heroic than Darren, but he takes the kid like Darren Lee's a quarterback in New Albany, turns him into, you know, a first round outside linebacker. And that's, that's the thing. Cause you know, the thing about recruiting, and I know this is the biggest cliche in the world, but it's, it's not the, it's the kids that you take that can't play that kill you. You know, it's like because when you have a kid who's soaking up a scholarship for three years or four years and he can't play, that's those are the guys you got to figure out how to develop or, or move along um, just to keep the team as good as it's been. All right, let's get into let's get into the games, the Michigan Ohio State games that you played in. Which one holds the the most uh, memories? Was it the game? Oh six. You know. Um, God, I mean, I, I, I honestly, for me, I'd say 07, just because that was a game where it was, you know, it's, it's different once your senior year, because, right. you know, like like a kid like Pat Offline, or, you know, some of these kids, they've got this fear in their head where you don't want to lose that last one. Right. Because you, you never get another shot at it. You know, it's like you never get another shot to go against those guys. So it's like, you know, you've got that over that overwhelming fear. I mean, it's a fear. Like you don't want to, you don't want to go out with an L to Michigan. Like, so the rest of your life, you got to deal with that, you know? And in 07, you know, we lost, you know, we were picked to be third in the big 10. I was a captain too. So, I mean, that, that holds a little bit more weight because you're kind of, you know, if a team sucks, you know, that's kind of on you. If a team overachieves, that's kind of on you. And in 07, I honestly can say, I felt like we overachieved because, you know, we're coming off of, you know, for one, we came off of getting our asses beat by Florida. And then for two, you know, we lose Troy Smith, who won the Heisman. We lose um, Anthony and Ted, who were both first-round receivers. Pittman was a third-round running back. Um, you know, we lost a, a couple of good guys on defense. Like, we lost Quinn Pickcock and um, some other guys. So, it's like we, like, we lost, like, we had a lot of losses. And plus, you know, the the hangover from getting beat down in the national championship game, like, you really got to, like, figure out a way to get these guys going because – yeah, you know, the city eats you alive when you lay an egg like that. So, 
you know, 07 were picked to be third in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan's got everybody back, which is not like us. I mean, you know, we lost – they saw Jake Long and Henny and Hart and Crable. And, you know, and they saw, like, a, a lot of their guys – Woodley uh, – no, excuse me, Woodley won throw. But, I mean, they saw, like, a pretty good contingent. They, they were picked to win the Big Ten. So, you know, that's – you know, they are like, two in the preseason polls, and we were, like – I don't know if we were, like, 10th or something. And then they lose to Happy State. And then they, you know, they reel off a, a decent amount of wins. They had some injuries with Henny. But we played in that game – and, you know, that was kind of like the one where, you know, those, those seniors had talked about how they all wanted to come back and beat us. And, uh, you know, and it was a miserable game. I mean, it was freezing rain the entire game. We didn't even throw the ball in the second half. And, uh, you know, I, I just remember, like, they talked about how they wanted to come off and ride off into the sunset and beat us. And I was such, you know, such a kind of a wise ass that, you know, in the post-game press conference after we beat them 14-3 and we ran for 200 and 40 yards or whatever. Beanie had like 220 and, you know, we didn't, we couldn't throw the ball. So it made it even harder to run it, but we still were able to run it. And I remember I said to the media, I was like, you know, they all came back to ride off into the sunset. But uh, I guess the funny thing happened on the way to the sunset. Cause I just, you know, I couldn't <laughs> wait to say that one. You know, so I was just like, you know, I, and, and honestly, like, like I played with Jake and Chad with the Miami dolphins and they're really good guys, but Mike Hart is, you know, he deserved that comment, you know, but I didn't, I didn't feel bad beating Jake and Chad because it's, you know, they're, they're good dudes, but you know, it was, that one was, that one was a lot, but honestly, like, you know, four, oh, five, oh, six, I mean, oh, four, we were big time dogs and we, we came back and beat a good Michigan team. Oh, five, we were down by, I want to say 12 points with like seven minutes to go in the game. And that's when Troy might have had his, the greatest you know, quarter in the history of the game. Because if you go back and watch that on YouTube or whatever, it's like he's, you know, he threw to San Antonio a couple times, got a touchdown. Then he, Gonzo had that crazy catch where he jumped on the guy's shoulder and pulled it down. And, you know, that was, like, unbelievable. And then, in, obviously, 06, I mean, we just we just had to keep scoring. I mean, yeah. as an offense, I was like, I was watching their offense, and I was like, we can't stop these guys. You know I mean? It's like in the last, you know, against Florida and against Michigan, I mean, we gave up, like, we gave up, like, 80 points. I mean, like, we literally – couldn't stop anybody so i'm like we gotta we gotta score because the michigan scored 39 points on us you know and they were running the ball at will that was the year that they did the, the denver broncos zone scheme and they were really good with it I and mean, they really could gash people and you know i was like we just got to keep scoring and we were fortunately able to because we you know we couldn't get us we couldn't get many stops and you know i was, I was glad we won that one and you know but they're they're all special i'll, I'll be honest like, when you're playing every snap it's fun. I have to get in there. Were you looking at any kind of old, any kind of Wikipedia numbers, or are the, all all that's in your head? Because you nailed the scores, kind of the 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 scenarios. You just remember it like like it was yesterday. Yeah, I and mean, I, I really, I just remember it just because like when you're living it, it's like you know, it's you know, like honestly, like if you asked me to name details from the last. 10 years of Michigan games. Like even my coach, I'd be pretty foggy, but when you're living it and playing in it, it's just like, you, you kind of remember everything, you know, cause it's, well, you know, it's, cause it's, it's your life. I mean, you're, you're sitting there and, you know, I, I mean, I, that's how I can rattle it off. Cause I remember, you know, the old five game was special because we stunk it up. Like that wasn't a good Michigan team. I mean, they, they had great players, but they, they had like three or four losses. And like, we were trying to go to the Fiesta Bowl and play Notre Dame you know, and, and the 05 Ohio State team was the best one we've had, you know, in, in a few decades because that was the A.J. Hawk team with Troy and San Antonio, and we were just good. But, 
the problem was that we played Texas, who won the national championship, and we played the best Penn State team since 94, the team that they, they went down to the Orange Bowl and beat Florida State. That was the first whiteout game, and we lost like 17 to 10. You know, but I mean, because in 06, like, I don't think we would have beat either of those teams if we would have played the 05 schedule. So, it's incre- how much, how incredible. Much of, how much of your memory and commitment was due to being, a, like you said earlier, a kid in the 90s who grew up through the struggles of the John Cooper regime? You know, it. that's that's a lot of it, man. I mean, just because I, I actually, I grew up for a chunk of my life in Florida. I lived in Naples. And then when my, my dad passed away, we moved to Canton because that's where my family's from. And my mom, she needed family around just to kind of keep us afloat. So, sure. you know, but I, I just remember the kind of the, you know, it was just like, no matter, it always just felt like no matter how loaded we seemed or how good or, you know, Eddie George, Terry Glenn, Orlando Pace, like you got these guys that are like all world borderline Hall of Fame guys. It's just like, and like, we'd still, like, we still couldn't get it done. I mean, it was like, it was disgusting. You know, and that's like, you know, when you, when you live with that, like, kind of pain and heartbreak, like, you know, it's one thing to be, like, a fan, but then, like, you get around some of the guys that played in those games, and it's just kind of like they, they, they kind of hang their heads, you know? I mean, because, like, really, like, the one, the only real thing you could take from the 90s, if you're an Ohio State fan, is the fact that we beat Arizona State, which really, like, if you look at what we've done in the last 15 years, like, I mean, that's really, that's, like, yeah, it, it was a big game at the time and everything, but that wasn't, like, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just because we didn't do anything else around it. You know, that's why it kind of gets amplified in my opinion. You know, because like, I mean, we've, we've beaten Notre Dame in the Like we've, we've had games that I thought where we had more talent and bigger bowl in that game. But, you know, when you don't do anything in the 90s, it's kind of like, yeah, that's really all you got. Paul, the 96 team was undefeated heading into the Michigan game. And, yeah. uh, and if you, growing up in Ohio, uh, you had this bad feeling and then <laughs> Michigan's number, two, Michigan's twenty first in the nation, and they have to come into Columbus against an undefeated team, and they win thir- thirteen to nine. And it, yeah. you know, I mean, heartbreak, complete heartbreak. So yeah, it, it is, and honestly, I think that's why, you know, another, not to overwhelm everything, but it's just kind of like that's just kind of being like an Ohio sports fan in general, you know, where it's like you're kind of used to. You know, nothing could like that's why LeBron's one was so big. It's because like, and and really, you know, when Tress beat the Hurricanes, yeah, like that was kind of the first Ohio win in, in a long time. You know, especially for Northeast Ohio. I know the Reds were good in the seventies or whatever, but like, you know, it, it's like a thing where like you just like something's gonna go wrong. You know, it's like like if LeBron hadn't beaten the the Warriors this past, you know, then we lose Game Seven of the World Series. It's just like that's just kind of par for the course. It's like people are like conditioned to expect the worst, regardless of how loaded we seem or we're throwing Kluber again or we've got this great bullpen like people are just kind of conditioned for that no matter what the scenario is you know and that was like something that was nice about us you know especially like when we came back in like the 02 you know that was like a magical year but then like in 04 when we're big underdogs at home we end up winning and then 05 we're losing by a big chunk of points you know we're, we, we literally needed two touchdowns we couldn't do a I always, that's how I remember that we were down by 12 is because I knew that we, we needed, we couldn't just do a touchdown, a two pointer and a, and a field goal. We needed two touchdowns. So it's like, you know, there's like seven minutes to go into games. It's like, Oh my God, how are we going to do this? And you know, the thing that this game comes down to, it's not like magic or any specific formula. Like your skill guys have to make plays in this game. 
You know, so if you look back at all the highlight reels of the Ohio State Michigan game, it's about the skill guys making plays. So whether it's Desmond Howard running a punt back, or it's Woodson running a punt back, or it's Anthony Gonzalez making incredible catches that break, or Beanie Wells with a long run, or Antonio Pittman with a long or Troy, like Troy Smith, who's the best quarterback in the history of the rivalry. If you watch him in 04, 05, 06, nobody's ever played better against, against good Michigan teams. I'm not talking about. Brady Hoke and Rich Rod and those sham of Michigan teams that we feasted on. I'm talking like good, talented NFL players on their defense. Like Troy's the best ever, you know. I mean, I don't care about records, but you look about a guy that put the team on his back and made plays no matter how hard it seemed or how much pressure was on him. The dude, he was a killer. And, I mean, that's like – there's one thing I regret the most about the Florida game. It's the fact that that game permanently – killed Troy's reputation as being the best big game quarterback in school history because yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's what yeah it crushed him I mean it was like a an asteroid hitting the earth like with that one because Troy like if you look at him against like the Penn State games Michigan games I mean the dude was nails you know and then like that mm-hmm. egg kind of you know it's just like a permanent thing on the on the tombstone all right, that brings me to uh, you said big names big players that brings me to this game and Jabril Peppers uh do you think he has any – will he have any impact on the offensive side? I think he will, just because I think he's – I mean, he might be their biggest impact skill guy. I mean, they like to toss him the ball and get it to him in space. Like, I think he's a, he's a really good player. Like, I mean, if he, was, if he was a Buckeye, what's up? He hasn't been touching the ball that much, right? Yeah, but, I mean, with a game like this, I mean, it's not like... That's what I mean. That's what I mean. They're, they're, they're going to throw I, everything, I, I really, right? I, I think I think he'll have an impact on offense in this game. You know, it's like, if there's ever a game to, to run, like, a good trick play or to, to bust out, make sure your, your best guys are, are out there, it's this one. You know, I, and I... I just pray yeah. that there's no punt return. No punt. <laughs> no punt return. Yeah. yeah. You well, know, I mean, if we're smart, we'll just... We'll do the offsie kick and kick it out of bounds. Yeah, but you, you know, know what I mean. Just yeah, I know. I, like, I know what you're talking about like Desmond Howard and ah, Woodson and yeah, just don't want any of that shit. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, trust me, I'm, I'm all for it. Man. <laughs> I figured we were on the same page. All right, so Samuel versus Peppers. Samuel, well, offensively, Ohio State has the more weapons, right? Oh yeah, I mean, especially when when we have Urban Myers okay. or head coach you know well, i mean well you got urban and we have a huge edge at quarterback with jt versus right. the can of corn they're or they're bringing out and we got <laughs> and curtis like is really a guy that people just can't check you know it's like if you you know really want to get curtis in space i mean guys can't guard him he's just too fast and he's really the biggest thing is he's just a really intelligent player you know cause there's a lot of guys that run fast but they don't they don't have that feel for the game like curtis does so i hope you know, for our sake, that we feed Curtis because that kid is, he's been dynamic. You know, I remember the first time he came to Friday Night Lights, I was still on the coaching staff. And I, excuse me, I wasn't. It was my first year off the staff. And I was just helping out as a, as a guest coach. And I talked to the kid, and Urban, Urban was all about the kid. He says he's got jets. And I was like, that's perfect because I'm all about really, really fast guys that can play football, you know. And I'm just hoping that he has the, uh, I'm hoping that we feature him. And I, uh, you know, I, I don't have any impact on 
play calling or anything, but I'm like, that's the kid that needs to touch it 20 plus times for us to, to really perform the way we need to. You're like Al Davis. You like fast guys. Uh, We've got the bomb and we're willing to drop it. You know what? I'll tell you what, man. If you want some some good stuff, I know Al Davis was, was Looney Tunes, but it's like if you watch his his NFL Network, like the the football life yeah. thing on Al Davis. I mean, it's on my Phenomenal. DVR. I mean, no, I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Ahead you. Of, I, you know, totally ahead of his time. He, I I played I played in the Senior Bowl um, after my senior year, and Lane Kiffin was our coach, and that was like he like drafted a letter to fire Lane in the middle of the Senior Bowl week. It was hilarious, <laughs> and like Lane didn't wear any Raiders gear. You know, we had like all the coaches were in the Raiders here, and he didn't wear any Raiders gear the entire. It was like it was bizarre, but at the same time, like I think I think you know I lost a little bit on his fastball when he was getting older, but when that dude was young, I mean, I mean, he was you know he was like a a young head coach. I mean, he was like early thirties head coach in the AFL, I and mean, that's right. that's serious. You know, I mean, people to see him as an old kook with a white jumpsuit on and. <laughs> Yeah, that guy was a visionary, man. I'm telling you, he doesn't he get enough really credit. Was. I mean, he hired he, first guy to hire minority coaches. He wanted, I mean, shit. I want, I want big, fast, strong. What do you think Urban wants? He wants big, Absolutely. fast, strong. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I'm all about that, man. It's like when I draft fantasy football players. Like I took Mike Wallace in every league this year because he <laughs> might hit a 70 yard bomb. And in right. fantasy football, a BPR league, that's seven, you know, seven yards, that's a 14-point play. I mean, he's done for the week. He gets a couple more catches. You points. were looking really smart on that Mike Wallace pick, you know, eight weeks into the year, yeah. up until a couple weeks ago. D- dude, I'm, I'm telling you, like, he, because, I mean, hell, a couple weeks ago, he had like a 90-something yarder. And it's like, right. you know, if you're going to take a flyer on somebody, it might as well be a guy that can maybe hit a deep shot. And Flacco's got an arm, so it's like, and you look around at the guys around him, it's Rashad Perriman Nothing. and a couple, you know. Kamar Aiken, like there's nobody that's really there that's gonna scare the touches away from Mike Wallace. You know, and plus they have a terrible was... running game, so they'll be third and eleven a lot. I'm glad we're getting into NFL talk because I'm a Bears fan. The Bears drafted you in 2008. Um, yeah, is it just me as a fan who's so used to being, you know, just just losing and, and seeing things done so poorly? But is anything ever gonna change there until? Virginia McCaskey is gone in the literal and figurative sense. And when you were there, was it that bad? Was it that apparent how screwed up it is? You know, it, it, it wasn't that bad when I was there because we had, you know, we had, you know, we still had a lot of the, the you know, the, the pieces of the Super Bowl team. You know, so we still had Erlacher and Olin Krutz and Forte was in my draft class. He turned into a, a great player in the NFL and, you know, I mean, they overpaid Hester. I mean, the biggest issue when we were there is our quarterbacks were Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle was serviceable. Rex was awful. Um, <laughs> you know, and Olin, I mean, Olin, I mean, I still talk to Olin because Olin's from Hawaii. So I, I told him I was coming out here because he's like the king of this island, basically. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think that they need to get a quarterback. I think it's harder when you invest a substantial amount of money into the wrong guy like they did with Cutler. I just think, you know, Jay Cutler's poor body language and his pissy face. Like, I mean, he just like, I mean, he doesn't exude what you want in your franchise. You know, he's not, he's not a Dak Prescott. He's not an Andrew Luck. He's not, and that, now granted, I know you can't, it's hard to get Andrew Luck, but everybody could have gotten a Dak Prescott, you know, who had a good infrastructure, but like you need a guy that people want to play for, you know, and, Jay Cutler is the first guy to throw his team under the bus, throw his guys under the bus. Um, and when you make a mistake by signing that guy for $20 million a year or whatever it is for a long-term deal, it's like you're, you're kind of stuck with him. You know? And that's, 
I think that's the biggest thing that's hamstringing them right now. And, you know, it, until they get that fixed, you know, it's, it's not going to be really that great for the Bears. I think they hit, like, Leonard Floyd's been a good pick. Cornell McPhee was a good guy in free agency. You know, I mean, their secondary is sketchy, but, you know, they've got to – at least they hit on the they, – they hit on Floyd at least because you can't whiff on high-round picks. You know, the O-line's decent. I mean, because it hurts when you lose Kyle. I mean, because Kyle's a – he's a freak and he's a stud. Yeah. And, you know, and they were able to get Josh Sitton. I mean, they, they had the best pair of guards in the NFL, but they've just both been banged up, mm-hmm. you know. So you just got to – but it's like anything. Like Everything starts with the quarterback for the most part. Kirk, I don't want to keep you from the beach. I know that the beach is important to you and the family. Uh, I want to I want to get a picture of how your Saturday goes when you go to the game. Do you get special treatment because you're a four time winner, all American? Do they treat you like a king at Ohio State? How how does it all go down on Saturday? You know, honestly, this is going to be as underwhelming of an answer as you've ever had on the show. But <laughs> let's I, do it. I don't. I don't. I don't seek that. I really like. No, I don't. I know you don't God, seek man. it. I know you don't I, seek I it. I like. I like. You know. I. I, I go around to a couple tailgates that are either my clients or they're my friends or they're prospects of mine for business. And honest to God, man, I really like to go home and watch the game. Really, I have tickets. Where I'm. Oh yeah, I have like third row tickets. Like I. I really don't. I'm. I'm really not even looking forward to going to the game. This. This. You know, the, the Michigan game. Like I. If I could sell these or, or give them to a prospect, I would. But my father-in-law wanted to go, so we're going to go. But okay. normally, man, I like to go home and watch it because, you know, normally we don't have noon games as much anymore under Urban. So we usually have a 3.30 game or a night game. And it's like if there's a good, like, if, like, you know, Alabama's playing, like, LSU at 3.30 or something, it's like I I, I want both TVs on because I want to watch them both. You know, especially if it's, like, Ohio State versus, you know, like Rutgers at 3.30 or, you know, some game that's just – just painful to watch. You know, it's like putting battery acid in your eyes when you watch some of these games. Because, <laughs> right. you know, like Ohio State, there's like two good home games a year, and the rest of them are just like it's like jumping in the wood chipper to go watch them play Rutgers or yeah, Illinois. Or yeah, Kirk, what'd you think of that Nebraska game? Yeah. What'd you think of that Nebraska game a couple weeks ago? <laughs> you know, I just I, it didn't surprise me. You know, just because you know, I I thought that it was full of gold with their record. I know it's easy for me to say that now, like after the fact, but you know, I, you know, I, I just seems like if we started clicking and we, we got a hold of them early and, you know, it was unfortunate what happened to the quarterback, but I think if the quarterback would have stayed in, it would have been close to the same result. I just, you know, when, when our guys are clicking and they're locked in and they're excited to play, we're really formidable. You know, and that's the thing about, you know, this past weekend against Michigan state is I just thought that, you know, we're a young team, we're very impressionable. You know, all their families are saying, well, are you going to get into the playoffs? And, oh, you got Michigan coming. And, oh, you, Michigan State's got seven losses. And then these guys, they get in the stadium, and it's 70% capacity, and half those people are wearing red. It's like, you know, it's like the, those kids, I really felt like they walked into a fist fight because, you know, everyone in their inner circle is talking about the Michigan game, and they're talking about, well, what if you don't make the Big Ten championship? Are you going to make the playoffs? Should we get airplane reservations? Should we do hotels? You know, like, should we put them in Atlanta? Should we do them in, what are you guys hearing? Like, I've been in that, in that circumstance. And it's like something where you really tell people to shut the F up because all that matters is winning the game in front of you. And the only people that understand that are the people that are actually playing in the game. Like, the people that are on the periphery that are trying to save 200 bucks on airfare by booking their flights 
early or whatever. Like those are the people that just annoy the, the hell out of you. And when you're and when you're young, like a lot, like a lot of, we're the youngest team. In, like according to Phil Steele, we're the youngest team in Division One A this year. So, you know, when you're young and you haven't been through this before, there's a lot of distractions coming down the stretch. You know, people hitting you up for Michigan tickets or what are you doing after the game? I mean, it's just like you got to lock in on the only thing that matters is playing the damn game. You know, not all the stuff that comes before and after and, and so, that type of thing. So is it, is it an advantage for a younger team to go on the road for the Michigan game or to be at home, do you think? Oh, God, I don't know. You know, I always like playing up there just because there's nothing better than ruining their senior day. I mean, really, that's like one of those things where it's like, I'm telling you, like you see their families out on the field with their jerseys framed and the roses and shit. You get to go out there and make that. Oh god, that, that was the best. I'm just being see, honest. That, that, like, I, yeah, most people would be like, that? "Oh no, we want to play at home and all that." But I, I see what you're saying. You're like, I want to go up there. I want to ruin their senior day. I want their families to cry. I want their sisters oh, yeah. to be embarrassed for their brothers. Yeah. No, it's. It's it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of intoxicating, even more so than this cocktail I'm drinking right now. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I haven't fired one. I haven't fired one out yet. But that's that's the thing. Like, you know, it really it's like when I used to back, you know, in the glory days when they used to make the NCAA football games on Xbox. Like, I'd always have the hardest schedule ever because I'd always go like at I try to go on the road for every <laughs> single game because I always want to see all the different stadiums. You know, and it didn't matter then, and it doesn't really matter in real life because the big house is it's like it's like so quiet that you don't, you know, it's not like on the Beaver stadium at night, which that's, is a total pain in the ass. You that's know? true. Kirk, one final yeah. question for me along those lines uh, in your four victories, we're going to keep saying it in your undefeated career against Michigan, huh. who is your favorite defensive player to just grind into the dirt? Like who couldn't you wait to hit? Oh God. Um, the most. God, you know, Pat Massey was a good one because I, I went against him. He, he was a nice guy. He went to, but he went to St. Ignatius. And when I was in high school, he was like the, he won the Division One State Player of the Year. And I think his brother went to Ohio State for some reason. He went to Michigan. So my freshman year, I got to block him. And you know, and he was like all world at St. Ignatius, and I just beat the piss out of him as, as a freshman. And it, the funniest thing was is there was a play where. I literally like pancaked him in front of our bench, like a legit, like threw him on the ground, jumped around and talked trash to him. And I might even text <laughs> kind of hilarious when you see it, but a bunch of the guys that were on the team, not Gonzalez, but a couple, of, we had a bunch of walk-ons from St. Ignatius at the time. And they were all making fun of him, Like, you know, cause they all played with him, and like, he was like their age, but they all walked on at Ohio State. There were like three or four guys. And they were making fun of him because I was like a 19-year-old freshman making my first start, and he was a junior or whatever. And I literally threw him on the ground in front of the bench. Like, I mean, you know, like you did like your little brother or something. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was kind of hilarious. That's, that's why I was kind of like totally. blocking this guy because, you know, it's always, it's always a little easier to go against a white defensive end. It was a little bit less fast. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. Uh <laughs> So okay, so you're going to fly back. You're going to go to the game. You don't like to go to the games usually, but you're going to make an no. exception for the father-in-law. That's a great family move. Uh, I know yeah. that's a good way to get in and and stay in. That's so, called quality assurance. Yeah, right? it Kirk, is. That was, he's that a business. Was he's a business guy. Quality assurance. There you go. Yeah. Kirk. Well, he's, I mean, yeah, my my father-in-law is a baller. He's the guy that hooked us up with this 
he's got a, a timeshare in my wife's name. So this, this whole trip, other than the airfare, like the, the rooms are free and it's like a two bedroom upper, you know, top floor condo. So it's like, I owe him big for this. And right. he's just, he's, he's, he's just a great, great, great guy. And I love the guy. So it's, I'll make an exception. I'd rather be on the rivals.com message board, you know, <laughs> talking to all the guys in the game thread that are jumping off the top of their houses. Cause we didn't get a third down or whatever. You know, I always, I like the message board and honestly, I miss being on Twitter and on the message board. That's why I hate going to the games. So I don't have any cell service. It is. It's terrible, you know? isn't it? It's horrible. I love it. I mean, I just, I no, what I mean is, is there's no service at the games. No, I know it, it makes it, it's like you're in the third world. You know, and I, I don't like the first world. I like the first world. So we're USA, baby. All right. USA. Uh, Kirk, real quick, what is, what business are you in now? Where where do you work? What's the uh, – who's the clients? What are you what are you selling? So I, 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 I do uh, commercial insurance for a firm called Willis Towers Watson. So we're, the, we're one of the three largest brokerages in the world. So I – I do everything from, we do sports teams. We do, uh, like if you go to Vegas, we do all the MGM properties. That's why um, you're always have, in Vegas. We, yeah. We, we've got some clients. Okay. Out there. I, I don't work on them exclusively, but I, I just go out there for, there's some people on prospecting out there. I do, um, high net worth personal lines, people that have net worth of 10 million plus. Um, I got a couple of those, um, in there. Cause then eventually you can work on pick up their business stuff, which is where the, the real money is, but it's, you know, it's something that I, I enjoy because I get to travel and I try to get as many clients as I can in warm destinations. And I try to get their renewals in January. <laughs> I guess when it's cold and terrible in Columbus. This but, uh, is, this is something I, 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 I go I like ahead. It. This is something I've always said about a guy that goes to an Ohio state or a big school is you, you have a successful career and you pretty much can just, that's your retirement right there, right? You, you yeah, in well, business, you can just you know, walk in, right? You just wear one of your rings? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I the only ring I wear is my wedding ring. My other one's all in a box. Okay. But the the funny thing is, is like, you know, that it, it's good to get you in, but you still have to be good. You know, yeah, you can't just, right. uh, the last thing I ever want to be, I never want to be considered as a shell. And there's too okay. many of those guys that are former Ohio State guys, and former athletes that are complete shells. So they just try to walk in and, take business and they're not any good you know so that's like i really want to be a good technician at what i do just because i don't want people to feel like they're making a concession by going with me as opposed to someone who's like really good technically just because i'm an ohio state guy but you know the amazing thing about ohio state and the network is that there are so many people that are really successful and really well off that didn't go to ohio state that are just ohio state fans you know so it's like it's not just people that are alumni i mean there's people that go to every school in ohio and in the midwest that, that love ohio state and you know and they they want to be you know around the program and they want to help you know they want to help guys out you know a lot yeah. of my clients are they've turned into family like they've turned into like friends like we you know my wife's pregnant with her first kid and they're all pumped up and you know they can't wait to, to see the kid and they send kid. i mean it's like it's really it's really cool like i mean it's it's more of a family than a, than a client, you know, type thing. I mean, we really, you know, it's, it's fun. And, and a lot of them, you know, they, they like going to the Ohio State game. So I get to see a bunch of them on Saturday and they get to either meet my father-in-law or see him again. And he's a, he's an executive for a private equity company. So he's, he's pretty good right. to bring around. Cause he's really a smart dude. So it's, 
It's a good deal, man. It sounds but, it know, sounds like life is going pretty well then. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I like it. Like, I know, I, I you know, it's funny because people always ask me if I miss coaching and, and that type of thing, and I, I really don't. You know, I mean, I, I was in the mix as a football guy, as a player and a coach for a long time, and you know, I did the NFL thing for a real short time. And, you know, I, I like having a little bit of freedom. You know, like I can take a week off and go to Hawaii and, you know, have Thanksgiving out here. And I'm still close to the program because I – you know, I work for BuckeyeGrove.com, so that's like that's another one of my jobs, where right? I'm on the message board and we do articles and features, and you know, I get to, I just I like being able to interact with people and not have to worry about someone you know over top of me saying you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't, you know, because when you're when you're a coach, you, you know, you're not really it's kind of frowned upon to have any type of personality, but you know, I just yeah. life's too short to not be funny and enjoy yourself and. I love talking to guys like you. You guys are hilarious, and yep, I, I've really enjoyed. And I've enjoyed this. It's not. This is like no effort by me. Just to sit and kind of talk, and I just like giving people that support the program kind of a little bit of you know access. And this is how it is, and this is how I feel. And you know, it's like that's like my favorite thing about being a former Ohio State guy. I just like being able to interact with people that support the program and and answer their questions and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's and, and I told Paul earlier, I said he's a guy that actually interacts because a lot of the players they don't they don't interact, right? They're 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 no. they kind of yeah. stay in the they kind of stay in the darkness. What why okay, yeah, why I do mean, you think why do you think more guys, let's say from 04 to 07, why aren't they more active on social media like interacting? Uh, you know, I I don't know if some people think it's below them or if it's just not their thing or uh-huh. it's not their style or they're not outgoing or or whatever. Like I just, I just try to be fair and funny and, you know, and honestly, like I, the biggest thing is I just appreciate the people that make, you know, the program what it is. Cause if you took the people that support the program, I don't, I don't like using the term fans cause I, I don't, it, it's not, I don't think it's degrading, but I, I like to use supporters because they're the people that, buy the tickets and donate the money and travel to the bowl games and go to the autograph sessions. And I mean, that's like, that's supporting you. They're not just fans of you. You know? So it's like when someone like that has a question or they want, you know, they, they ask for something or, you know, like anything, anything I could do that's not real hard to do. I, I, I try to do it. Right. You know, if it's like, if someone wants to grab a beer or, Hey, you know, I, I met a guy out here from like on, on my, Buckeye Grove thing, I said, hey, I'm going to Oahu for a week. Does anybody have any suggestions? And I met a guy who has been on the board forever for dinner, and he like he took us to like a, an incredible restaurant, and he, and he grabbed the tab from me, which I hate. But he, you know, him and his wife came out and met my mom and my wife and myself, and the five of us had an incredible dinner. And you know, and he's a he's a guy that I, you know, if I didn't have a form like the like BuckeyeGrove.com or Twitter or whatever, you know, you just you don't really connect with people. And right. You know, it's, it's something where I was I was grateful to meet him, and I come out here every year. So, sorry, there's a there's a there's a humongous jet flying by. So if you hear that, I can do that. But because uh, uh, okay. we're, we're, we're we're by a military base, so you see these gigantic. You know, I mean, there's these huge planes that fly by at times. But uh, you know, I just I like being able to interact with people, man. It's just you know, I was fortunate and lucky because I always I can my Ohio state time is like when people spend a bunch of money to go to like fantasy camp, you know, like the Red Sox do that. Yeah. And you get yeah. to wear the Jersey and you get to go play a 
game in Fenway or whatever. Like that's what I was. Like I was always just a fan that was lucky enough to be big and good enough to play and then play well. And you know, I, I just feel like you know I should help share you know my experiences. If people if people want to if people don't want to know, I don't. You know, that's on them. But you know, I just I was just lucky. You know, and I was lucky that I, I played well. And I you know, when you talk, I was lucky to to win four games just because I was lucky to play with Troy Smith. Yeah. And Anthony Gonzalez and Ted Ginn and AJ Hawk and Bobby Carpenter and you know and and Dante Whitner like those guys like because I it's not like I was it's not like I wasn't playing tennis or it was one on one it was like you know we all had to do it and we all had to do our jobs and and pick each other up and that's like where it's it's cool and I'm lucky and I just you know I'm just proud that we were able to turn the tide for Michigan and make people proud to wear Ohio State stuff again. Well, we uh, we appreciate the time. I know that uh, I, I think that there's several Ohio State listeners that are going to enjoy this. Um, yeah, we uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome to hear the stories and to hear all the ins and outs of what was going on in the in those in those years. And uh, Paul, uh, any anything else, Paul? No, I think it's so awesome to hear hear you say that, Kirk. Um, you know, calling fan supporters because it seems to be, particularly social media era, as, as we've as it's dawned, that players are actually further away from and even more insulated from the people that support them. And at the end of the day, you don't get very far uh, without the support of those people. And the NFL's kind of learned that the hard way. So it's really refreshing to to hear a guy like you's had so much success uh, share those sentiments. So we really appreciate the time today. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, you guys do a great job. You guys give me a lot of really hilarious stuff to look at, and I appreciate you guys. So Kirk, thank you guys for having me. Kirk, pet the dog for me when you get home, okay? <laughs> I can't wait. He just checked in the pet palace today, so he's in heaven. Oh, so. right. Get that, yeah. get that mai tai going, Kirk. You're in Hawaii for yeah, God's sake. Get, get drinking. Nah, a man, couple. I'm crown, I'm crown, dude, I'm crown and diet cook, man. I can't do all that sugar. Oh, you know, my old man. My old man taught me when I was young, even though I was too young to drink. He just, I don't know, my little crown roll bags that filled, you know, I filled with toys. And he always said, you never get a hangover from crown. So let's go fire up a crown and diet right now. Kirk's a crown guy. We might be able to connect down the road, Paul, for a crown royal event. I smell one right now. Uh, We will have to get Paul, or we'll have to get Kirk and Paul to a crown royal event in Northwest Ohio. All right, Kirk? That'd That'd be outstanding, guys. All right, Kirk. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. I very rare that somebody will call from Hawaii. Kirk, have fun. Hey, you take care, guys. Thank you. All right. Me. See you, Paul. I didn't think somebody would actually call from Hawaii, let alone an all-American from Ohio State. Kirk Barton, four-time winner. He never smelled defeat from the Michigan Wolverines. Never. He he raised his fist. You know what he did smell? Victory he smelled fist. their fear. He smelled their fear, Joe Kinsey. Did you hear him when he said he just smacked around an old, old, old opponent from his days in Ohio? He just walked in as a nineteen-year-old freshman and just threw around some senior, just <laughs> beat him up. Yeah, and the legend of Kirk Barton was born. And I love hearing the insight about um, Urban Meyer and his approach and and what makes him so successful in such a hyper-competitive world in terms of recruiting. It's uh, it, it's incredible to hear what it takes to be the top at the top. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Those guys don't just show up, guys. They're doing it all the time. Uh, I like what he says about he's not like, uh, yeah, I need a coach to be in the sport. I can do other things 
to be associated with the sport and the school. And I don't have to sit there and, and be on the sidelines. I don't have to be sideline guy. Right. And I also, it's not not his whole identity. You can tell that. And I also like that he goes home and watches the game. I'm team couch for the Ohio State Michigan game. <laughs> team couch. I don't. I, I, have, I, I have this neighborhood party to go to on Saturday. I don't even want to go. Uh, I I, that's going to be a sweet neighborhood party. That I've seen <laughs> the Sandalwood Scotch Club and what they're up to with that with a couple with a real Here, sweet laugh. Here's the, here's the deal. I've already up, I've man? already come to the conclusion. I'm going to watch the first half there if it's close at halftime. I mean, I'm talking like a seven-point game. I'm going home. If it's over seven points, I'll stay because I think Ohio State gets off to a fast start. I think they'll win easy. Yeah. Um, but if it, it, but if it's close at halftime, it's coming down to a kick. It's coming down to a trick play, like Barton said. It's going to come down to some crazy play at the end. So I'm, I'm going to have to get to the. I got to get to the couch for that. I get get in a few laughs with Tim, Bob, and Rob early in that first half. Have a good right. time. And if you guys give them the Nebraska treatment, then it's it's never going to be in doubt, and you can hang out. But I agree when it, in those tight games, you got to get team couch, you well, know, and not to be confused with Tim Couch, former Browns bust. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, and I know what will happen if if for if the gods don't think it's Ohio State's year to win, unlike the last four. Uh, the phone is going to light up. The Twitter is yeah. going to, it's going to light up. Everything's going to go haywire because everybody's going to want a piece of me. They're going to want to oh. destroy me. Just like me and that cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving, gonna, right out of the can, Joe. going to be destroyed. But, I don't uh, even mash it up. I like it in that can shape. You, you do that. We started off with that and then we just dove into just the meat of Ohio state, Michigan, what it means, what it's, what, what it's like, all that good stuff. First person. And you you know what? There there are guys. You need that to marinate. You need those years to marinate. 04 to 07. Those Mm -hmm. years have started to marinate for Kirk Barton. I could go back and talk to somebody that graduated last year, a four-time winner last year, and it's just not going to be the same. You need those years to start winding off and see what that really means to those guys. Great point. Uh, So Kirk Barton. Great to hear from him. That's the first time we've I've ever talked to him. Uh, oh, he was great. Traded tweets throughout the years, but uh, but a really good guy. I I was gonna give that interview up to the to the radio guys here in town, Paul. I, I was gonna give, I was gonna give that interview up. I was gonna let them interview Kirk, but let me tell you, they took tomorrow off, they took Thursday off, and they oh. took Friday off. So, Everybody's off. So I'm not. I don't feel sorry for them. They, they're, sorry, guys. They're not getting the interview. I'm not giving up an interview for some local radio station. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna work. No, sorry, guys. So I'm gonna use this one for the next three days, and uh, mm-hmm. and I might, I might find another Ohio State guy to talk to tomorrow. Maybe a Michigan guy. Maybe I need to go out and find a let's Michigan get, guy. Let's get a Michigan. Let's guy. find a That's Michigan a guy idea. that lost four games in a row to Ohio State. Let's would, see what that feels a, like. Let's let's get the the other side of that, and then let's talk to a Michigan guy from the '90s about God. John Cooper oh, and I just don't, shredding. Oh, I just I don't want to. I mean, but that's the great I thing know. about the rivalry. You could you could look at it and examine it from so many different ways oh. and get so many perspectives, and that's what makes it so great. That's why everybody in Ohio is charged up. That's why Michigan man thinks he's got a chance in this deal. I, it's it's 
It's what sports is all about, Joe. Let's get some cliches out. We haven't it, done that it, enough it's lately. It's back and forth. <laughs> I started to watch college football in about 1988, and Michigan went on to win all but – well, they lost. They they lost two games from 1988 to 2000. They lost two games. Ugh. So I saw yeah, two I, I remember victories. That. I saw two victories over that period of time. So I thoroughly enjoyed the 2000s. 21st century has been good to Ohio State fans. It's true. I also love getting the insight on the uh, on Virginia McCaskey. You and like the that. Bears. You like that. I, I like know. that. I know. You... I alluded to her death, and it was so smooth. I don't even think you noticed. Uh, you were hoping. You weren't hoping. I know you threw it out there. So, you, come on. You weren't. Just great pra- stuff. You weren't praying. But anyway, uh, another great interview. Uh, I I think Ohio State fans are gonna like this. One. We can use this one for years. We can use it yeah. for years. Bring it back. Every Evergreen year. content, Evergreen. as they say in the business, Joe. So we'll uh, we'll get this one fired up for everybody. I know everybody's bored and uh, needs something to do this week, so you can listen to an hour, almost an hour, of Kirk Barton breaking down what it means to play in the game. So, all right, until next time, this is uh, Milk the Clock Podcast on Busted Coverage. Out. Out.